Please. Is there a My goal here was to get as much as that in before Michael got over here, to be quite thank honest. You, um, you did pretty well, like 3.2 seconds. Um, is there a, for, I myself have never been a woman, so I'm a little lacking experience here. Um, but is there a point to what you're talking about of frustration? Like, is it more of people seeing the gospel in the sight of women in a sense of, wait a minute, this is a bunch of crap that we've been through or how we've been seen, or more of a, I don't know if invitation is the word, but we have, I'm not sure how to word this to be quite honest. I guess what I'm looking at is one of the things that stood out was she will bear a son and you will name him Jesus. Interesting. Right? That's so really interesting. I read that and hearing about the feminism is like, that's a bunch of crap. <laughs> She's going through the pains of the reality mm -hmm. of pregnancy and the childbearing birth, not to mention the post. And his job is to name him Jesus. Hey, good job. <laughs> so I, I, guess, I guess my question is, where, where does that fit in with the feminist view here? So there's always space for frustration. Okay. Humans are notoriously frustrated people. Um, and, but I don't... So that's interesting. I've actually never read it quite in that tone, but hearing it that way is pretty funny. Um, I think that's part of why we have multiple gospels because sometimes that whole phrase is said to Mary specifically. So it's not always divided that way. Um, but that's really interesting. Um, when I was looking up what feminists have said on this passage, they did not comment on that. So, um, maybe I didn't find the truly frustrated ones or, um, or maybe, they, maybe that wasn't the part that they focused on because there's also some aspects of this passage that are truly, that open it up and, 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 and celebrate women in this passage. So did you want to share? Culture. Um, I don't know. I'm asking. Could it be that in that culture, the men or the husbands named their children rather than the mom and dad doing it together. Legally, it would come from the man. So as I'm thinking about many examples, um, I would say that that's a pattern that I see, but I don't know if that's categorically true. Do you know Pastor Michael, who's finished seminary? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Right under the bus. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, don't, I only have one semester, you know? Yeah, I know. Right. Uh, I think it was more normative that men would be the ones to name the child, and that's particularly why it's shocking. And I was just grabbing a Bible to look up the passage. Isn't yeah. it when John, the, when Zechariah is, is mute, and there's some, and Elizabeth is mm. the one to name John, right? Oh. Um, and, and it's like, oh, you're, you're doing what now? Um, are you really allowed to be doing that? Yeah. Um, is that resonant with, consonant with everyone else's remembrance of the passage? Yeah. I was gonna, I was gonna yeah. go there, but you, you yeah, I'm sorry. Threw me <laughs> under the bus so fast, I just couldn't. Get that. I'm sorry. No, no, you're fine. So what do they teach you to do in seminary? It's just the bus throwing. Yes, thank you. <laughs> no. Um, so. So yeah, 
Sure. That might, I mean, it's a patriarchal society. A lot comes through the man. To Joseph. Yep. 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 So, um, a couple of, for the sake of time, I really want to get to queer theology. So, um, <clears throat> so a couple, just quick notes. Some of the things that um, other feminists have highlighted in this passage um, is really focusing that that Mary was a woman on the margins. She had no rights to be married to be um, to be pregnant before marriage is is um, what was mentioned at the very beginning that this would be a public disgrace, right? And so they talk about. Jesus being born of a woman on the margins of society, um, that um, Jesus, that the significance of Jesus was being born in the flesh, but not necessarily being born male. Um, and one feminist perspective was that Mary didn't need Joseph in order to fulfill her calling as mother of Emmanuel, nor was she asked to do this alone, nor was she asked to never be married, because there's a, there is a virginal ideal in Christianity. I don't know if you've ever heard of that, but um, this idea that being single, that being virgin was, is the best. It is the highest and closest you can be to God because it is the most pure you can be. And so it would have, I, I could imagine Mary being told she would, could be the first nun and mother of, of Jesus. But she wasn't asked to do that. And so for this feminist perspective, she was like, how amazing is this? That she was truly free to choose to live into this calling to be the mother of Emmanuel, to be the mother of God with us, and yet free to choose whether to be on her own or married. That that, that part was her choice. The calling came from God, but how she dealt with it was entirely of her own free will. So, so those are the things that the feminists um, really bring out in this passage, which I love. All right, queer theology. So the term queer, sorry, I'm moving quickly. We only have, I, how, can I go over even a little bit? Okay, we're going to go over just a little bit. Um, there's five minutes until 10.15, so if you leave early, I won't take it personally. But, um, <laughs> but queer theology, quickly. Um, the word queer is a reference to the LGBTQ plus community. So that stands for um, lesbian, gay, trans, bi, um, Q is questioning, and then there's a whole lot more letters. So that's what the plus is for. Um, and so this is for the group of people who... Um, who do not identify as as in heteronormative society those who um, who are heterosexual who identify as the gender in which they were, or as the sex in which they were born etc so um, and this theology is more modern as a category of theology as a contextual theology however we have um, lots of examples throughout history. Elrad of, um, and then his last thing is very French, so I'm going to say it badly, but um, nope, we're just going to call him Elrad, uh, <laughs> but he's French <laughs> from the 1100s, um, and he is considered a gay saint, so he is a saint, he is the saint of friendship, 
um, but openly writes about having gay relationships in the 1100s. Um, there are other more modern examples. Um, some theologians to look into would be Marcella um, Anne Thos Reed, um, who wrote Indecent Theology, um, which is a book that's been recommended to me. Um, so she's a woman. I'm not sure how she identifies, but that's her. And then John L. McNeil is an openly gay Catholic priest. So I would be fascinated to hear what he has to say about things. Um, so some of what queer theology tackles, it is not just about whether God accepts the gays. <laughs> that is not the, pr the primary focus of queer theology. It is a question because there's lots of people who are asking that question. Um, but queer theology actually orients itself more towards how one's sexuality intersects with their faith. It explores how one's gender, sexual identity, and sexual identity can enrich their faith um, as something that they believe was given to them by God. Um, there's an emphasis on the power of love. That's a really primary aspect of just love in all things, love to all people, love in all ways. Um, and so they read scripture through the lens of the sexually marginalized. Um, if you have questions, queertheology.com is a pretty easy website. Um, and they have lots of podcasts and help with some... Yeah, just general overviews um, for this stuff. So there are two main categories of queer theology. One is defensive theology, which argues against the handful of passages that are often used to condemn people in the LGBTQ plus community. And then there is affirming theology, with, which looks at the bodies and behaviors of biblical characters in terms of their gender and gender differences. Um, and this is according to the student Christian movement in the UK. So one of the huge examples is the eunuchs, that they, they look at eunuchs in the Bible and their role. And um, a eunuch is someone whose um, testicles were crushed. And so they are no longer, they're, not, they're, consideredly, they're considered ritually unclean and unfit to enter the temple. Um, and so are part of the margins of society. Um, and so one example, this is a quote, um, many sermons have been preached about the Ethiopian eunuch in Acts 8, uh, according to the focus, usually with the focus on Jesus or Philip, but rarely on the eunuch and the eunuch's body and life experiences. It is extraordinary that the first baptism of the early church is of a black African surgically altered gender variant, rich literate court official who is also a person of faith. Look at the intersections in this one person. They reveal a radically open church which makes room for all sorts of bodies and people. I've read that passage a lot of times. I have never, until reading that, I have never considered it from that perspective because I always hear sermons preached from the perspective of Philip. So, so this is just an example of how reading from another perspective opens you up to this truth that was there in the scripture that I was blind to because I was so focused on reading it from my own context. Um, okay, we got to keep going. Um, we're, so do you have questions on that? Um, 
have other really cool examples, but we don't have time for them. So if you have questions about more examples of queer theology in the Bible, I would, be, I would love to talk to you about them. Cool. So let's look at Matthew, and we're going to read this one last time. <laughs> um, it is 10.15, but if you have just three to five more minutes, I think we can read through this, share the, our thoughts, and quickly debrief and close in prayer. So go ahead and take two minutes to read one more time from the queer theology what Matthew might have to offer us. I'll fill you in later, Mr. Hudson. (laughs) Oh! (laughs) Oops. Do you need any more time? Okay, let's come back together. So what are the things that you underlined this time? From the Holy Spirit. So what's significant about that part? It's different. That's not how babies are normally made. (laughs) From the Holy Spirit. What else? Um, I underlined, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. Because so often being marginalized about those that you choose to have relations with. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Okay, so one of the big things that they emphasized is is the Holy Spirit conception. Um... And even further than just that that's not how babies are normally made, they focus, queer theologians look at the pronouns for the Holy Spirit, which are almost always feminine. So if you break it down, um, you could look at the birth of Jesus as being the product of a lesbian relationship, that it is the product of two entities with female pronouns, that, which comes the only son of God. And the queer theologians go, woohoo, yeah. <laughs> um, and so, so the, they look at this as a, as a different from the traditional sexual narratives. Um, and, and yet, people that have very strict understandings of what the proper sexual mar- narrative should be have accepted this as part of their gospel, part of their Lord, part of their God. Um, And some even talk about the Holy Spirit as queer. Um, So those are the main, their main commentaries on that. Um, So I just want to reiterate 
that learning about the theologies of other cultures and groups of people is not meant to divide us as believers, but rather they are meant to make us sensitive to whom our own theologies include and exclude, as well as welcome us into solidarity with them as we see the universality of the gospel through the eyes of our beloved neighbors. Um, so please, if we could close in prayer and go on to worship. Holy God, give us the courage to continue to wrestle with how our understanding of reality, how to understand our realities in midst of our truth, of your truth. Fill our hearts as we continue to worship you and fellowship with one another. May we grow in love and solidarity with you and all creation. Amen. <laughs>